Hello everyone, welcome to Kill the Cast. My name is Jerry, and joining me today is the always with a quote J. <laughs> you changed up the intro and now I'm chuckling. Uh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> You're going to be okay, baby. You're going to be okay. And with us, we have been graced with the uh, guy who rides a bike on a silent hill, Kenneth. <laughs> I like how you're changing things up just a little bit, man. You know, just, just fucking with the formula. See what happens. Rumi off is what happened. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, it's fun to do that sometimes just to, you know, keep it, keep it, uh, fresh. Uh, so yeah, Kenneth, what you been up to? Oh, not much, man. Just fucking, you know, working, uh, trying to get some exercise amongst feeling like shit because of the fucking pollen and shit and the weather changing going back and forth. Otherwise I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, been able to watch a lot of the newer movies here lately, you know, uh, uh, just having an avenue to be able to get a hold of them, uh, which is nice. So, uh, other than that, not really a whole lot. All right. Jay, what have you been up to? Uh, working and playing a whole shit ton of Animal Crossing. Gotcha. Really? Yeah, I can't get into <laughs> Animal Crossing. I didn't think I could either, but I did, and now I enjoy it. It's a good check-in game. You play for a couple hours a day, and then you're done. That's fair. Um I have been recording um, a lot of guest spots. I was on uh, Fresh Cuts for We Summon the Darkness. I was on His and Hers for uh, Porno. And I was on... Those two have released. I was also on an NFW podcast that has not released. I was on Psychosemantic Cast for the documentary Hail Satan. Also talking about Satanism. That one I think releases sometime this week uh really good did uh you know godzilla versus adora recorded uh matinee this morning for atomic age saucer cast and recorded another bonus thing for with gary hill literally i literally got done with that 30 minutes ago so i've already recorded twice today um so i'm now entering hour five of recording yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's that. But I've just been recording a lot, and uh, also uh, yesterday I got my years for the podcast Under the Stairs Summer Series for the 2000s, and uh, I got 2003 and 2009. So I'm working on running through some movies and and trying to make my list of movies and all that fun. So that's going down, which I'm excited for. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's pretty much all I've been doing. Uh, oh, I started watching Mr. Robot. Fantastic. Shout out to yeah, Chase. Um, and, uh, today we have a long awaited movie. Uh, there's times on this show where if we find <laughs> out one of us hates a movie, we gotta do a podcast on it. We have to. Uh, and that today... That time has shined on Kenneth because we are doing Adam Green's Frozen from 2010, which is a movie that Kenneth does not like. He's been very vocal about not liking. And for me, it was uh, like the last Adam Green movie I needed to see. Um, So I decided, you know what? Fuck it. It's time for me to get a first time watch of it. I own the Blu-ray. 
Uh, Kenneth hates the movie, and uh, Jay just has fun watching Kenneth get mad. So I do. I'm so excited for the show. This is a first time watch for you, Jerry. Yes, this was like the one oh, Adam Green movie <laughs> I had not watched. Me too. Um, this was the second time for me. Well, see that second time watch cooled those old sources. Um, so yeah, and uh, people know I'm a huge Adam Green fan. I, I yeah, love pretty much everything he's done. Um, but today we're going to tackle the least Adam Green movie by Adam Green. It does not have his signature comedy style, and it's a, a much, much more serious flick than other movies he's directed. And that was a very interesting thing for me. Um, it's also pretty standard. A lot of his movies have, have his quirk, whether there's comedy or not to him. And this is just a pretty standard thriller. I can, I can see where you're coming from. Um, so, okay. So before we get into um, all of our thoughts on, on this time watch, Kenneth, I would like you to once again tell the audience uh, about your first time watching this movie. All right, so my introduction to Adam Green was what a lot of uh, most people's introduction to Adam Green was, where you watch Hatchet. And Hatchet was a great movie. I thought Hatchet was fantastic. I thought it was a, a breath of fresh air to, to the horror genre, to the slasher genre, something that we hadn't seen in a long time. And so I was really excited to know that he had come out with another movie. And I'm also, I mean, Jerry's made fun of it made fun of me for it a bunch of times, but I'm also a fan of movies that are like isolation type movies like open water or buried or something like that, where it's only a couple of people, the camera and you're stuck in a situation where you got to survive. I'm actually a fan of movies like that. So when I heard about this movie, I thought that it was going to be really, really good. And I was like, I was really excited for it. I was waiting for it to come out. I was working at blockbuster at the time and it came in. I took it home and watched it. And oh my God, was I disappointed. I watched this movie and I thought it was fucking terrible. It was awful. And the reason why I found it awful is because of just things that I just felt were dumbass shit that I can't believe these three kids did. I just, I, I just couldn't believe it. And I'm sure that we're going to get further into it. But overall, I just thought it was awful. And, and, and I never wanted to watch it again. And I probably wouldn't have if it hadn't been for this podcast. Because I just thought it was, uh, I was so disappointed because I thought Adam Green was going to be the next, the next big thing to, you know, the, the horror genre from, uh, for the type of, for the type of things that we enjoy, you know, coming out of, out of the underground, hitting hard and, you know, what I was looking forward to kind of like the same thing where we thought with Eli Roth, in which case, you know, Eli Roth had a couple of heavy hitters and kind of did the same thing where he kind of fizzled out and then comes back every once in a while, you know, but I'm sitting here thinking that, you know, maybe this is going to be, you know, the next huge big thing and whatever. And I think the only movies that I really like from Adam green movies wise, because Holliston, the TV show or the web show is great. But other than that uh, was the hatchet movies. And that was it. And, you know, the rest of the stuff that he's done, I just hadn't been really impressed with. And this, I, I would watch Digging Up the Marrow all day long, every day over this fucking movie. Well, of course, Digging Up the Marrow is fucking amazing. 
Um, no, it was not. God, that movie. <laughs> so good. But from my personal taste, and y'all both know that, and everybody out there knows that that listens to this podcast, knows that I didn't really care for Digging Up the Marrow either. But Digging Up the Marrow was a much more enjoyable watch than this. Actually, the audience doesn't know. I edited it every negative thing you two set out. Oh, okay. I it's made just sure. This movie's amazing. It, yeah, the podcast <laughs> is basically just me saying the, the movie's amazing for an hour. Um, okay, cool. Uh, Jay, this was a first time watch for you. So how do you feel about Adam Green? And uh, then how do you feel about your first time watch with this movie? I like Adam Green overall. Hatchet is still my favorite of the movies he's done. But he's definitely got to create a unique creativity to him, uh, regardless of how I feel about the final product that I hope doesn't ever go away. Um, as far as this movie is concerned, uh, I felt it would have worked really well as a short uh, inside an anthology film, but stretched out to feature length, not so much. Okay. Um, so as for me, <clears throat> I'm the biggest Adam Green fan on the show. I... Love all four Hatchet movies. I adore Holliston. Um, I love digging up the marrow. Uh, Chillerama is okay, uh, since that's an anthology series that has multiple people in it working, directing. Uh, I don't really count it, but um, overall, I am, I'm a just huge Adam Green fan. I, I love his work. I love him. I listen to his podcast. I watch stuff he puts out on YouTube, stuff like that. Um... But for some reason, I never got around to watching Frozen, even after Kenneth started telling me how much he hated it. And I was like, man, I got to watch this. It's like, he hates it this much. And I never did. And then we were going to do a show, it might have been February of last year or the year before that where JP, who loves Frozen, wanted to come on and do it with us. And we can never get schedules to uh, work out and make that happen. But finally, we were looking at um, <clears throat> what we wanted to do for our next episode, and I'm, I'm still tweaking a special episode, and we're still trying to exactly figure out what we're going to do with Horror Coliseum. So the idea came back up. Well, let's do Frozen. Kenneth hates it. That'll be funny. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so we did it, and I sat down, and I watched Frozen. And I loved it. It is, it, is, it is very much different than a Adam Green film in the sense that it doesn't have his comedy. Uh, it's very dark, and it's, it's, it's weird being isolated while also being in the wide open. I thought that was really neat. Um, I like the angle of it being three people, two of them being best friends since childhood, the other one being the girlfriend for o- only a year, kind of. Like, everyone's had that kind of friendship, where you're best friends with someone and then they get into a relationship and they start losing you. And if you haven't had that, that's because you're the guy who got into a relationship and left them. Um, and so I, I, I found that really interesting. Um, I thought the characters were really well done. I will get into their decision-making process because I know Kenneth wants to get into that. Um but I just, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought for a little bit there, I was just like, it's an hour and a half of this, and they're going to be like in this one place for like an hour. Is this really going to work? And it did for me. There were moments where, there's a moment in the film where I straight up teared up. I, I Like, 
I, I, I had, I had like one single tear rolling down my chin, uh, or cheek. Maybe it went to my chin. I don't know. Um, <laughs> fuck. Uh, but it was just really like, I, I was like, Oh, this Sunday is going to get heated. Um, not in a disrespectful way. Kenneth and I might like get a little like heated or frustrated with us, but don't worry. We'll be friends afterwards. Um, I'm already frustrated with you. I know. Um, oh, it's, it's only going to get worse. Um, in fact, um, where's that thing I wrote? Um, yeah. So I wrote, uh, this by far is the darkest, most serious movie Adam Green has ever done. Dropping the comedy and give us, de- us depressing moments from desperate characters in a bad situation that is constantly getting worse. I have to say I really enjoyed it. While not my favorite of his, it does show he can do something of this vein. He can step out of his comfort shell and show his range as a filmmaker. Um, and then the part that Kenneth's going to get mad at me for. And I don't think they made bad choices in the film because in that situation, I feel like I would make all the same mistakes. I got off my chest. I was a little nervous, had a little anxiety uh, about it. I I said it. I can feel, I can feel Kenneth seething in disappointment at me right now. I actually kind of expected it. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So I, I was hopeful. I was hopeful, but at the same time, I was just like, I was just like, he sucks so much Adam Green dick that he's gonna love his movie. <laughs> uh, I oh uh, well, I mean, we'll get into it and we'll kind of you know be able to, to to figure it out. But basically, the movie is three skiers stranded on a chairlift are forced to make a life or death uh, choices, which prove more perilous than staying put and freezing to death. Uh, this move. Movie has Sean Ashmore, Iceman. A- Ice uh, he's the yeah. guy from the following. He's also Iceman in the X Men movies, Shut which up. is great because this is a movie about being in ice. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I had forgot about that. Yeah. I was trying to figure out where I knew that fucker from. Uh, he's playing Joe Lynch, uh, which is, of course, you know, uh, Adam Green's directing uh, pal, the director of great films like Mayhem and uh, Wrong Turn Two. Um, we also have uh, Emma Bell playing Parker O'Neill and real life best friend of Sean Ashmore. They've been friends since like elementary school. Uh, we've got Kevin Zegers playing Dan Walker and Dan Walker looks like a discount Zac Efron. Yeah, he does. I was thinking the same thing. I had to look it up to make sure it wasn't him. I was like, is that fucking Zac Efron? What the fuck? Totally agree. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they they the, this movie kind of starts off just building up the relationship of these three characters and all of that. Uh, and w- that's all just basic character development to get you to understand that uh, Dan and Parker are in a relationship that has been going on for a year. And Dan and Joe have been best friends since elementary school. And this is their normal thing to go skiing with the boys. But this time... You know, Dan brought his girlfriend along, which Joe is worried is going to hamper the experience. So they eventually make it up there. They go skiing, blah, 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 blizz, blah. Let's get to the important stuff. They get stuck on a ski lift 50 feet up high from the ground. That is important. Yep. (laughs) 
So while up there, they uh, have a great conversation of um, what is the worst way to die? And I thought we would maybe take that on. What like what is the one way you do not want to die? Drowning. Drowning. Jay does not want to drown. Kenneth. I have two. Two. Okay, go ahead. One, I do not want to be swallowed whole or eaten by something. Um, more, 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 you know, you remember that scene in fucking Jaws 3, the only one that's kind of weird to me where the dude gets fucking sucked into the shark and he's trying to get out. Yeah, and he's just getting crushed that. inside the shark. Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty goddamn scary. And then burning alive. Well, you I would know, not want to burn to death. You'll die from the smoke inhalation before you burn to death. Ugh, that's fucking... Yeah, but you'll still feel the burns until you do. Fucking idiot. Oh, you uh, feel the burn? Too bad he dropped out. Um, oh, but yeah. Those are my two right there. I think it'd be horrible either way. Liberal heart. Yeah. Mine is being tortured to death by a serial killer. Really? 100%. Now, if I get to have my best way to die. Feed me to a great white. Yeah, no. Your that best way to die is the would... worst way to die to me. No, that <laughs> shit would be fucking dope. You'll be at my funeral and they'll be like, how Jerry died. He died doing what he loved. He was eaten by Jaws. Yeah, as I'm, you know, standing next to fucking shark poo. Do sharks poo? Yes. Yeah, that's what poos. There's a book about it. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, standing next to shark poo. You know, I'd have a, you know, how am I supposed to, if you get eaten by a fucking shark, man, how am I supposed to have my little thing around my neck with your ashes in it? Well, first of all, you, unless you catch the shark right when it kills me, you're not getting any shark poop. Um, see what I'm saying? And if you do catch the shark, you'll be able to cut them open and take me out. Uh, Um, but work, I don't give a shit. I'll be dead. (laughs) What do I care if you got to work more? Um, Okay, so with this, we get into the first incident in the movie where we will talk about decisions being made. Uh, Dan decides he's going to jump for it, even though it is 50, it is a 50 foot drop. All right, wait, wait, wait. Okay, before we get to this, let me say this. I do think, unlikely, but I do think getting stuck on that ski lift is possible. I do think it's plausible that that could possibly happen. Do I think it's likely? Probably not, because I would almost be willing to embed that there are safety measures in place at every one of these areas to make sure that nobody gets stuck on a ski lift. But I do believe that this scenario is possible. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's movie logic. You have to let it happen for the movie to work. Right. Um, so there are some – so, like, we've talked about on the show before uh, – uh, uh, Basically letting some things go for the for the good of the movie. And I tried to do that in this movie because it's a movie. You know what I'm saying? But in this movie, the difference between this and like a supernatural type movie or something like that is this movie is supposed to be based around a survival type scenario. What would you do in that type of situation? What is supposed to make this movie scary is that it's grounded in some form of reality. That's what's supposed to make this scary. And I got to thinking about it, and I was just like, okay, this this scenario is plausible. This could happen. And so, to me, that's what makes it more 
in this type of situation, like I'm having to bring more realism to it because this is supposed to be based in a realistic scenario. And this is very realistic. This could happen. Yes. And so when we get further into this conversation, I wanted to say that up front because I have said before that in certain, like I said just a minute ago, in some certain situations when you're watching movies, you have to suspend some form of realism in this type of, in, in certain types of situations. I used to not do that, got my ass reamed about it, especially during our Prowler episode. <laughs> I went a little too far. <laughs> But in this particular situation, the core of this movie is that this is supposed to be a realistic scenario. And it is. Man, so, pitchforks, how do they work? Right. And so a lot of things that I'm going to say in this is going to be based on realism. And the reason being is because that's the point of this movie. Yeah. And I want to say I completely agree. This movie is based in realism. That is what's scary about it. Now, the it, while I agree that it is a survival it is a situation of survival. It is not a survivalist situation. A survivalist is someone who is prepared for that kind of situation. They are not survivalist. And well, that's what that's what I that's where I was going with it. Okay, completely right. Um, you know what I'm saying? A survival type situation. Yes, because when I was watching the movie, the big thing I did, and this is something Kenneth and I uh, do a lot. We put ourselves in the movie. And in this movie, I put myself deep into it. And I would try to react as fast as I could with, would I do this? Yes or no? Throughout the whole movie. And then after I got done with the movie, I went back and I go, okay. Now that I've had time to think, do I think that's a good idea or a bad idea? Because that's the one thing. Watching a movie, we can always sit here and point out how they did everything wrong wrong because we were not in those situations where we are having to go through uh that event with the chemistry of adrenaline going in our body and fear and panic uh the elements all of that and so i tried to like really balance all of that in my head as i watched this movie oh, um, so that, and that leads me to a question okay that le all right so you put yourself in that t in this type of scenario and you already stated earlier that you would probably make a lot of the shitty decisions that these kids made right yes okay do you think that i would no I, and that's one of the things i actually when i was going through this all in my head i was like i think the reason kenneth hates this movie is because he would not make these choices even if he was scared for his life even if he did have that adrenaline going i don't think he would have made these choices now i also don't necessarily feel like either one of us would have necessarily survived this whole when ordeal we get, when we get when we get to the wolves then i might agree with you but in this type of situation it's just like the, the gripes that i have and we're, when we get to them, the gripes that I have are with things that I feel like would be instinctual. Okay. And you know what? We'll get to that first one right now because this is one that I do think is a bad decision. Dan jumps out of the chair and he jumps out legs first. Yep. 100% do I think stupid fucking move. Now, he could have been scared. It could have been one of those things where you like try to dive off a diving board but you belly flop instead. I did think that that was a possibility where it was kind of a mistake. Uh, it was him. It, he had an accident. Um, 
But yeah, don't jump leg first. Jump like into because even if you jump and like go like arm first or shoulder first, if you break an arm, you can still fucking walk. Yep. So, so the thing ass. about it is, the thing about it is, is, right? The, but the, see, that's the thing about it. Okay, the likelihood at fifty feet the likelihood that his leg bones would have burst through is very unlikely. It's possible. It is still possible. I'm not saying that it would not happen, but it's still unlikely. More than likely, if you land feet first, you're either going to break your back or your your bones are going to shatter inside, but the, the likelihood that they will bust through the body is slim. Do you, okay. But it is possible. But more than likely, he's he would break his back or his ankles more than anything else when he hit the ground. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. Ankles would have probably went first because when I when I saw the scene and I thought about when his legs break, I thought about that scene in uh, the Dark Knight where Batman's holding a uh, uh, moo moo. What's the gangster's name in that movie? Are you talking about the dude with the curly hair? Uh, yeah, the great curly hair. He's holding him up and he's like, "Let me tell you something. If you're gonna drop me from this height, you ain't gonna kill me because I don't want to kill you." And drops him and he like lands oh, yeah, on yeah, his yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. legs. I thought that's what I kind of thought about, and I was like, "Well, that wasn't that was what maybe half the height, maybe twenty five feet." I mean, don't get me wrong, fifty feet is a is a long ass fucking way, and it definitely would have hurt him. It, it it he definitely would have broken something. I just don't feel like it would have went through his skin. I just I, I mean, because like I said, it's it, it's very unlikely that that actual injury for your bone to break and go through your skin is not as is not as prominent in real life as it is in movies. It really isn't. You know what I'm saying? Cuz there's got to be a lot of pressure. And what would have happened for that to have happened is for him to hit the top of his shin bone would have had to have come through his knee or his shin would have had to have broken out cuz I couldn't really see exactly where it was fucked at or it would have had to have broken out or his femur would have had to have broken out. And your femur is a hard-ass fucking bone. Yeah. So for any of those types of situations, it is very unlikely. More than likely, his feet, ankles would have been crushed, or he would have broken his spine from the. It would. It would have been an. It would have been an impact. Fucking. So uh, there, there's a word that I'm looking for. A, comp- a compression break because his the top half of his body would have compressed his spine from the jarring of his legs and it would just went like an accordion yeah so i want to point out uh, jay said you could land on your ass i feel like that's a worse decision than landing on your feet i don't know i'm not a doctor that's i know but i'm just saying like the, we're having this thought process and we're examining so like in that situation if jay would have you know i'm gonna jump and i'm just gonna land on my ass like and and kenneth saying you could break your spine just from landing on your feet i feel like it's gonna be way easier to break your spine landing on your ass it would have been I, like, it's the same thing but like what you said earlier about going out and landing on your shoulder or something the bad thing about that is is would you have protected your internal organs probably you probably would have broke a rib or two but as you long got as it doesn't puncture along baby you got more of a chance of your skull hitting the ground at that fucking distance but really is there any safe way if you don't know anything about no, parkour to jump from 50 feet? There's really not. Not directly straight down. <laughs> See, the thing about parkour, and if you're on a skateboard or anything else like that, because we've seen some motherfuckers do some shit on skateboards. All three of us have. All right. Is you're moving. And so when you hit the ground, you've got the inertia of still moving forward. See, so like, 
I, so I'm like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I was going to say, see, what I thought was they kept showing that slanted rock. I thought he was going to jump off with his snowboard and try and hit that rock and just snowboard down the fucking hill. Actually, when it really comes down to it, that probably would have been at least a little bit, in my opinion, I could be completely wrong about this, but in my opinion, I feel like that that would have been, you would have been better off doing that because you would have still been moving. So if you jumped at an angle and kept on going, like you see the snowboarders doing those crazy fucking shits we watch on Red Bull, or at least I watch on Red Bull, then yeah. Uh, I don't drink Red Bull. But, you know, on Red Bull TV, damn, I've seen I've seen people on that, man, do some crazy fucking shit. Or maybe, uh, like, so he also just kind of, like, jumped out of the chair. I feel like if they'd each grabbed an arm and lowered him, he, they could have cut out a, a good 10, 15 feet. Well, he would have at least, he's probably about maybe six feet tall, if that. If he would have hung off the edge, that would have knocked out six feet. But still, even at that, man, at that height up, he still would have been fucked. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I can't really think of any, like, I... It was overall, overall, it was just overall, no matter how we can sit here and we can speculate on how to hit the ground. You know, a lot of times they say, uh, when you hit the ground, tuck and roll, all kinds of other shit at 50 feet up, man, it was just a dumbass fucking move all the way around. Also the angle they were at, he had to land uphill. Yeah. I mean, it was just stupid all the way around. He shouldn't have jumped off. Yeah. Um, so another move that I really don't understand the, uh, they throw him a scarf so he can uh, tie up his legs the way he reaches for the scarf where he's like lunging forward and hurting himself I don't understand your arms work perfectly fine lay down and and use your arms to push you where you need to go yeah and see here we're in another situation where I'm just like okay uh, that in itself that whole scene right there where he's trying to get whatever's in front of him I guess it's the scarf or whatever yeah it's just it's just shitty fucking goddamn it's shitty filmmaking in my sense because it's making him look like that just because his legs are broken that the bottom half of his body is fucking paralyzed it's like no motherfucker I know you're in intense pain I know I've broken bones I know you're in intense fucking pain what he should have done is tried to tourniquet off the bleeding with whatever he had on his body that's another reason why I never go anywhere without a belt on. All right. Tourniquet, whatever you could, got on your fucking snowboard and slid down the goddamn hill on your belly. Yeah. Or on your back, however you wanted to do. Because the entire area where those snow lift poles was at is clear of trees for the most part right around the poles. So he could have drug himself to his fucking, if he couldn't walk. And with that kind of break, you're not going to be able to. He could have drug himself to his snowboard, put it on the fucking ground, and slid down the goddamn hill. Yeah, so, um, and I agree with that. Um, like I said, I, I had a problem with that. Um, going on to the next thing. I, I wrote this down while they were, like, discussing uh, climbing on the cables. And I was like, and I wrote this down just because, like I said, I was trying to just, thoughts in my head. And I said, I think I would have tried to jump for a tree. I can't tell if they are close enough or not. I don't know if I would have uh, jumped as quickly as they did, but I probably would have jumped for, for trying to climb that cable like some monkey bars. I wouldn't have been able to climb the cable. Uh, I know for a fact I would have I would have gripped it and immediately fell, so I might as well jump. Yeah, I would not have been able to to pull myself across, especially with uh, I looked into it. Those cables actually do are sharp. The the stunt guy who did that actually cut through specially made gloves 
for him to do that, he still cut through those gloves. So that is real. That is that is an absolute real thing. Those cables are actually really fucking sharp. Um, so uh, they they try to do it, and he kind of he can't do it. He kind of bitches out and comes back. Um, now Kenneth, at this point, you wouldn't have jumped. Would you have tried the cable? I probably would have, but I wouldn't have at night. I would have wait. I would have sat and waited it out until the morning. You know, I think that was another another big gripe that I had at this current moment is that, okay, you are in the worst time to be in the cold, which is in the middle of the night. All right. In the middle of the night. And as the night progresses away from dusk, it gets colder and colder and colder and colder until at three or four in the morning. I'm sure that out there, depending on where they were, I don't know exactly where this was. But if it's someplace that's got snow all the way around through wintertime, I'm assuming it's somewhere up north, like Michigan, something like that. Yeah. So I imagine that it possibly could get 30, 40, 50 below, if not, if not colder. Um, I know in the special features, um, they were talk- there were nights where they were filming where it was at least negative 10, plus raining, plus wind chill, plus snow, plus sleet, plus hail. Right, I know shit. I know that one of the biggest things that Adam Green, I remember this, is that he wanted that that uh, uh, that realism about it. So he actually filmed out there. Yeah, it's all practical. Yeah. And so I knew that. So you but, said you would probably climb, but you would wait for the next day. But what if I'm on the ground with my legs broken because I jumped you're and fun. you're sitting in, in there with Reese? Uh, would you still wait till the morning yeah you're fucked so you're just calling me dead right there yeah at that point you are fucked you're just like homie your legs are broken i'm sorry uh, okay even if your legs are not okay let's say you have the exact same injuries yes the exact same yes bones sticking out bleeding to death you are going to die regardless the only way that you would not is if I, for some reason, managed to get down fast enough before you were able to bleed to death, all right? The only way is if I were to get down there that fast, okay? And then I would have to get down there, and we would have to get you to somebody, which means that we would have to get down to where all the other places are that are down there. And by this time, it's probably 2 in the morning. So getting down there is going to be difficult. And then by the time we get down there, we have to hope that there is anybody down there. Okay. And if there's not, then we have to figure out how to get to communication. Everything okay. like that. So all of these things, more than likely, you're going to die before we do any of this shit anyway. Okay. Now, do you think that these characters had those same thoughts in their head? The same the thoughts Legion. you did? No, because obviously the dude got up and he fucking damn tried to go across the cable. Okay, but do you feel like that's them making a bad decision or do you feel like that's a person trying to save his best friend who does not have the like knowledge that you have? Right. I think I think when it really comes down to it, the decision that he made is an irrational one, but an but an understandably irrational one. Irrational okay. one. It's understandable to want to save your best friend. If it was you down there, do you, you, I mean, you've been my best friend for a long fucking time. If yeah. it was you down there. Okay. Number one, I wouldn't have let you fucking jump to begin with. Okay. <laughs> but 
number two, if you did something that stupid and reckless, which I highly doubt that you would, but if you did, unfortunately, if it were you and me, would I want to? Absolutely. Would it kill me to do what I had to do? Yes. But at that point, it would be between you who are already injured and Reese. True. You would eat what me, would, wouldn't you? Just don't let her watch. And, I mean, when, and, it, when it comes down to it, man, what would you want me to do? I'd survive by any means possible, though, in that situation. I would be crying like a little bitch. Uh, especially when the wolves show up. He made the perfect decision to do what he did. Uh, where he started guarding his face? No, no, not him. Not the dude on the ground. The dude on the ground is just, he's an absolute fucking dumbass anyway. He, oh, you're he, talking about uh, uh, Joe coming back off the wire. Right, and trying to keep her from looking, and trying to keep her from looking, because that was going to happen. He was going to get eaten. There was yeah. no saving him at that point. There was none. And so, like I said, when we were talking ahead of time, I did a lot of research on this, man. And the only thing that is completely realistic, in my opinion, with maybe little things here and there, is how those wolves did. Because I did the research on it. The blood in the air, they can fucking pick that up at 300 to 300 yards to a mile is how far they can smell the blood. Yeah. So and that they can, actually makes sense for the ending then. Yes. And, and the same thing with the whimpering and everything else like that, the screaming that he was doing, they can hear that up to six miles. So... That the 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 stuff that I learned about the wolves in this was was very enlightening because that's more than likely what attracted them there. Not to mention on top that it was cold and shit. But most of the time, when wolves are out, they're not out when it's actually snowing because they feel like that everything would not be out there when it's actually snowing. But we see when the hard weather comes in and then it stops. And so when it stops, I can imagine them, once he jumps out after it stops, they smell the blood in the air. They're hungry anyway because it's wintertime. They more than likely would come out and try to get him. But the bad th the thing that I don't think is realistic is how long they hung around waiting on the other two. Oh, you think they would have moved on? Yeah, they would have let it go because I looked that up too. A full-grown wolf, all right, Let's. how much do you think the dude that jumped down there weighed? Maybe uh, 140, 150 pounds? I feel like they have more muscles than that because I weigh 140, 140. Okay. So, so they've got to be 180. I'd say real, 175, 180. Realistically, they weigh about 180 pounds. So yeah. let me pull this up that I pulled up on my phone. All right. So there's probably about how many wolves do you think was in that pack? 10 maybe? 6, 10? All right. Wolves can survive on about two to two and a half pounds of food per wolf per day, but they require about five pounds per wolf per day to reproduce successfully. The most that a wolf can eat in one sitting is about 22.5 pounds. So after all those wolves had their fill of that guy, more than likely they're not going to come back out to hunt that quick. They're going to go back to their den. They're going to hunker down because it's fucking freezing go see pups, anything like that, whatever the fuck is going on, and they're not going to come back. And then on top of that, wolves are notorious for not wanting to be around humans because they're not stupid. They know that humans, the majority of the time, fear them and try to kill them. So there is no fucking way that you can make me believe that their den is close enough to those damn uh, ski lifts for them to fucking goddamn be able to linger around and be there that fast. 
Okay, I gotta trust your opinion on that. I I was going to go the route of, oh well, you know, maybe the the wolves are are desperate for food and everything like that. But you're right; they wouldn't have a den that close to a place where uh, every weekend is filled with with human beings. Yeah, I mean, um, and there's just too many people out there. Man, though you that. could say their den is close enough to smell the blood from his hands. I mean, maybe the next day. But they'd still be full. I mean, think about that, man. I mean, then they'd have they'd have food for extra. They wouldn't even have to go back. Like, look at the end of it when they're when they're all sitting there eating and they don't fuck with old girl. Oh yeah, valid point. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that that proves it right there. I mean, they would not have to go back. They and then whatever food they have left. That's another thing that I that that was told to me, is that they that wolves a lot of time will keep their food. They'll hide it so that way they've got it for later. So if there was anything left out of that first dude, they've still got it. I mean, we saw that. His hand was sticking up, which is another thing that was unbelievable to me, is that his hand was sticking up. They would more than likely drag the rest of the carcass off somewhere where they felt like it was safe. You know. Okay, that's I, fair. I can give you all that. I mean, the wolves in this are supposed to be on top of the fact that they're stranded. The wolves are the ones that are supposed to be, if I'm not mistaken, the antagonist, right? Yeah. Okay, because mm, I, always, yeah, I, mean, get those, I always get those fucking mixed up. But they're they're the ones that are supposed to be the villain. They're the bad guy, next to the fact that they're stuck in the stuck out in the middle of nowhere. All right, so that's what the wolves are supposed to be. They're supposed to be the bad guy. But at the same time, with it being in realism, it don't completely go with the realistic behaviors of wolves. And I was watching this documentary the other day on damn uh, on Disney Plus about wolves and this guy went to this fucking island somewhere where these wolves had never really seen humans hell they just walk right fucking up to him you know what i'm saying but they weren't trying to hurt him now do yeah. you think they were if, curious uh, about it dude with the broken legs instead of going oh god oh god it just gotten angry and loud that they would have ran away i don't know because at this point they are intrigued by his blood right they smell the blood but you know i don't know they always say that if you can uh they can smell fear and all that other shit that people say about dogs yeah the only thing that i think in this whole situation that is realistic when it comes to the wolves is everything up to that dude getting devoured and him getting devoured everything up to that i would completely believe it i would completely be like okay this fucking happened and whatever else but everything after that, them lingering around and waiting on the other two and blah, blah, blah. No, I just don't think it would have happened. Not like that. Not to the point of where they'd have been fucking goddamn hanging out up underneath him like fucking Wiley Coyote or something. Goddamn waiting on the roadrunner to fall down up yeah. underneath, I, I, up underneath well, so while that guy's like, dangling. Unless I'm mistaken, they came back after he cut his hands. Now he had cut his hands the first time to begin with. So the only thing that I that, and you're right, you could be right. That may be the reason why they hung around is because of the blood on his hands. And then but, she, so they ate the guy. They went away at night. Next morning happens. First thing, she rips her hand open, bleeds all oh over my, herself. Oh, my God. Which is dumb because if she had just said, hey, I'm stuck, he could have warmed up her hand and got it unstuck. But no, that's no, besides no. the point. Oh, I, I, once we get past the wolves, I'll get into that stupid. <laughs> but then he, he, when he tried to climb the ropes again, he cut his hands, and that's when they came back. Unless I'm forgetting, but I, I literally yeah, just and and, and and you could be right. I just don't. I just don't feel like that they would have made that much of an effort to go after that guy after getting on full on full fucking stomachs. I just don't yeah, think that they would have. 
Unless the pack is bigger than we thought. And right. it's also daytime and fucking There's so many variables. Wolves are nocturnal hunters. That's another thing that I looked up. They mostly hunt at dusk. And this is the middle of the day. And they're full. It's not like that, you know, they're they're starving. If they're starving in the middle of the day, then I would imagine they would probably go hunt in the middle of the day, especially if they found something as easy prey. But they got full fucking stomachs and it's the middle of the daytime when they normally don't hunt. Yeah, that's fair. So I want to point out that obviously Adam Green did not research wolves, but I also feel like the average person watching this would not question it. But then again, like me saying that, I'm the same guy who complains about Jaws 3 because the shark takes revenge for its child when most sharks try to eat their children as soon as they're born because I know about sharks. While a normal person would not know that. Unfortunately, that's the bad thing about it is that the normal everyday person doesn't know anything about that. So it makes sharks, wolves, bears, anything like that seem like they're just absolutely fucking evil killing machine creatures. Yeah. And it puts them in a bad light. I mean, shit, you know, uh, you know the stories more than anybody else out of the three of us about how fucking, you know, what people did to sharks after Jaws came out. Oh, yeah. They fucked sharks up. That's my point, dude. And the same thing with wolves. That's the reason why wolves don't like people is because, damn, anytime that wolves are near human beings, they know what humans are like. They're not dumb animals. Yeah. So, all right. Um, from here, we have, like, the next morning. Uh, or, wait, did the bland game take place before the next morning? I think yeah. it does. At night, yeah. They, they... Uh, Wow. So they play the blame game, and this is this is brutal, man. This like this this, is, this whole conversation is just fucking mean towards each other. Like, oh yeah, unnecessarily. It's brutal, but in these kind of situations, with people that like have not a full blown animosity, but there's kind of like a territoriality game going on between them for Dan, and you have this coming up. I, I get it. I, I can see where this comes along. Um, this it's is also... The, what? It's very common. Yeah. This is also where I wrote the thing, couldn't you protect your face better by flipping your jacket around so the hood covers your face? <laughs> Do you want me to go ahead? To answer what I just said? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have an answer? What's up? Okay. First off... Let's start off with when all three of them are sitting up there and the weather starts kicking up. They keep talking about how it's stinging their faces and stuff. Those jackets are made to zip up right up underneath or above your nose. And the reason being is because if they're ski jackets or whatever, you can bring your goggles down and your whole face is covered. Okay, so... By you answering that, I now answered it also for myself... They can't, well, I mean, they could have at least done it, flip the, the jackets around to sleep or do that while they're sleeping. But obviously it's a movie and we have to understand them and see them talking so they can't actually do that for the movie. I guess, because that, so to me, I, that, was, that was one of the biggest ones. Right I, I will give them a pass for that because it's one of those things where I have to go, okay, well, it, it can't be a movie if we do this. No, 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 wait. It just came to me. 
Okay, think about all the movies we watch where people's people are wearing fucking masks and costumes and shit like that. For the movie, if you could be able to, if you, uh, for you to be able to film the movie and everything, put a microphone inside that fucking jacket. No, that's not the issue. Is is most movies you watch? Like if you go back to like John Carpenter's The Thing. When someone's talking, even outside in the cold, you almost can always see their mouth. Yeah, and 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 that was another biggest gripe that I had about this movie, is the fact that okay, again, we're in a survival type situation. You know what I'm saying? And 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 these are cardinal rules of a survival situation that I I refuse to believe that even the even even the the fucking you know rich kids that don't ever get out and the only reason they go out to places like this is for fucking recreation i refuse to believe that they don't know one of the very first cardinal rules above anything else is that when you're fucking freezing man huddle together yeah um ice man i can't remember sean Ashmore, whatever his character's name was joe that's his name uh he's knowledgeable enough about frostbite telling her not to touch it and shit but does no basic that that is pretty basic stuff that i mean that is one uh, uh, first and foremost and 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 damn when they get irritated with each other and whatever it's just like come on man huddle together what you could have done to stay warm in that type of situation and, and 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 i'm gonna leave the fact that they didn't zip their jackets up to the side take your two jackets when the two are left up on the ski lift take your two jackets unzip them Put one zipper to one person's jacket, one zipper to the other person's jacket, wrap them around you, and huddle together for your body heat. Okay, I would not have thought of that, so I completely understand next time, next how time they would have. Next time you go into the snow, homie, <clears throat> go with me. Yeah, apparently. Um, so I will not hold them back for the jacket idea, but I will say yes, huddling together, That is that we will have to take off a point for that. And then, and then we'll we'll leave the mouth thing out because I'll give you that one. Even though I think one of the dumbest fucking moves that they could have made was not covering their faces, because more than likely that thing on the side of her face started off as windburn and then turned into frostbite. Okay, if she'd have just had her face covered by her fucking jacket and her hood, that probably would not have happened. And then the other thing is, dude had fucking goggles on his head before he threw him down to try to get to try to get Jason's attention. He had goggles on his head. Fucking goggles, dude. Yeah. He would have put those over his eyes then saved his eyes because cold wind in your eyes is awful. They should have thrown the skis or the snowboard or the ski poles. Right. I was upset at that one. I was like, what are you doing? He can't hear you in the middle of a snowstorm. Throw something at his car. You have a ton of shit on you that you can throw. And then on top of that, on top of that, okay, the, the all right the, the they've obviously got these locking type shoes on because I was concerned about this because sometimes when you're snowboarding you you basically put your normal shoes inside the boots that are on the snowboard and lock them in but obviously they had like locking type shoes especially dude with the skis all right so the boards and the skis are pretty much expendable so I would have already been throwing that shit down the fucking what two three minutes maybe four minutes that's a lot of time in that situation that the guy in the fucking uh snowplow was sitting there not backing up not going for sitting yeah i'll give you that one too come on man you mean to tell me that if you fought between two snowboards and two skis you didn't clock the front of that fucking thing and get that guy's attention and then you wait until he's backing the fuck up come on man 
Yeah, that was... That is so fucking dumb. Yep, I'll give you that one. Um, so, uh, there's a conversation that happens about um, Parker's puppy... And it like starving to death, and that that's what brought a tear to my eye because I had Cass right next to me, and I looked at him, and he's all fat and fluffy, and I was like, I could never go skiing because I can never let you die. So, yeah, that one was a good one. I, I will say that that was that was a pretty good ad for the dialogue into this movie. That one was pretty good. That was yeah. a good thought process. Yeah, when writing this movie. Yeah, so uh, let's get into uh, what gave me the biggest disgusted face ever as she pulls her hand off of the frozen metal. Ugh. That was just gross. It looked cool. It did. <laughs> fucking stupid. Okay, why is it stupid? Okay, so at first, and, I, and I'll explain this, at first I thought to myself, okay, Putting your cold bare, putting your bare hand onto something, is pretty fucking retarded anyway. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It it is probably one of the dumbest things that I've ever seen. But I was sitting there and Cheyenne was watching it with me, and we were talking about it. And she said maybe she had her hand on that thing to make sure while she was sleeping that the bar didn't go forward. I was like, okay, that makes perfect sense. That is a good reason for you to have your hand not in your pockets and sitting up on top of the bar. But she has a bare hand because she dropped her glove yep. and a gloved hand. The, the common sense, complete common sense would be to put the gloved hand on the bar if you're going to if you feel comfortable enough. It's still stupid to not keep your keep your hands close to your body where the main part of the warmth is, because more than likely they're going to get frostbite gloves or not. Yeah. So my thought process to justify this was I don't have much control over when I'm sleeping and I move a lot. I have like accidentally like thrown a hand at Reese's face. I have like rolled off beds and couches. I have grabbed weird things and cuddle. In fact, like I have something that I have to like hold in my arms when I go to sleep because if I don't, I end up like taking my pillows from away from my head and I'm holding them on my chest instead um so i have a tendency to like grab really bad and move around and toss and turn so i could see myself like moving around while i'm sleeping or tossing and putting my hand there and well no because i feel like that would be so fucking cold it would burn and wake me up mm-hmm. if, so, if if you actually sleep soundly enough to move around i mean i though, think i think go ahead uh, Jay, do you think with how bad our circulation is in that situation, would we even be able to feel our hands at that point? I I couldn't tell you. My feet are the things that go numb first on me. Okay, My well, hands... even in, in that cold temperature, Kenneth, would do you think we'd be able to feel our hands at that point? If you left them away from your body, probably not. Yeah, and she was okay. So really she could have just. Yeah, she she was very bad with her hands. That's one thing in the whole movie. I was like, bitch, if you don't put that hand in that fucking pocket, put it on your vagina, do something. 
But see, see, again, I mean, it's one of those things that it's hard for me to get away from reality where it's just like, okay, you're 50 feet above the ground and it's sitting on something that you don't really have a whole lot of room on. The likelihood that you could fall at any point in time is is pretty high. You know what I'm saying? That safety bar, you can just push it up. So if whatever you're I I find it unless that you are so tired from the from the exertion of what was going on. Or, damn, you were so cold that you passed out. I just don't see falling asleep hard enough to be able to move around. And if you got so cold that you passed out, more than likely you're going to fall off of it anyway. Yeah, that's a really weird one. I can justify some of it and some of it can't. It's one of those, this movie, um, I feel like for almost everything, you can make a good argument for both like my side and Kenneth's side. Like, you can justify it, but the problem is is you're justifying either side by taking personal context from outside of the movie. Because you're having to use your personal opinions or your personal research and all that and push it in to the movie. And at the end of the day, when I look at all that, I have to go, okay... Does that matter? And some things in the matter, I go, okay, that matters. Some things I like the wolf thing doesn't matter because most people wouldn't know it. I can let that slide. Movie logic done. Um, not huddling together, I cannot let that slide. Right. Period. That's what I was saying. I mean, it's just like the wolf thing. That's what I said to begin with. The thing about the wolves, to me, that is the most plausible situation is situationally throughout this whole thing. The most believable part of the wolves is up until the point where the first guy gets gets eaten. After that, it's not as believable, but it's still plausible. It's still more plausible than anything else to me in this type of situation. The same thing with, yeah, okay, Cheyenne came up with a scenario and you came up with a scenario for both reasons of why this chick could possibly have her bare hand on this pole. I get it. I understand. And it is possible. Do I think that it would happen that it happened like that to where her hand basically got frozen to that thing? Probably not. I honestly could probably see it. And I thought they were going to do it later on in the movie that her face is on a pole. That to me would have been I, that I could have completely believed. Yeah. Cause I thought they were going to cheek from touching the metal. Yeah, yeah, that dude that felt that that while she's pulling her hand off is passed out on that pole, or when she pees on herself is passed out on that pole. Oh yeah, if his cheek touched that thing and he sat there long enough, oh yeah, yeah, that I feel like should have is what should have happened over oh, the and hand. Can you thing. imagine how much more it would have sucked to watch that dude peel his face off of that pole? Oh shit. Uh, whew. okay. Um, I also wrote at this point in my notes. Um. I honestly don't think I could survive this. I can't stand the cold. I would give up. I would jump headfirst on the ground, aim for the rock, and hope for a quick death. Not with me, you wouldn't. I'm just like I'm just telling you my thought process. I get it. I get it. Um. Okay, so we move on to the next thing. He decides to get back and try the cables that have already cut his gloves and hands. Uh, at this point, I go. Couldn't you flip, like, the gloves around, flip hands, flip them around so the back of the glove is now the front of the glove so you could get that, like, padding that's not all cut the fuck up? Mm-hmm. Joints wouldn't move in the same direction for those kind of gloves. Oh, shit, you're actually right. I still would have tried it. Okay. 
Fair. I mean, it's that, worth a try, but yeah, because of the way they're set up, I don't think. Uh... But then again, at this point in time, I would have tried a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. No, I mean like in the, just this scenario. I mean, I would have taken, I would have looked at my body, and I'd have been like, okay, what do I have that I can use to wrap my hands up to keep them? Because at first, I thought those cables are really fucking fat, and so I was thinking that the physics of it, they wouldn't be as sharp to cut up the hands, but. From what Jerry said, looking at that stuff and whatever, I'm going to give that one and be like, okay, that's the way it is. They're sharp as fuck. So then, like I said, I would have taken the time to look at my body and been like, okay, what do I have on me? All right. For me personally, if this were me in that type of situation, I have a leather belt. I am always wearing a leather belt. Always. All right. That's one of my everyday carry things, just like I've always got some form of knife on me as well. But the point being is that I don't go anywhere without wearing a leather belt. So for me, I would have been able to use my knife, cut my leather belt in half, put the gloves on backwards, wrap them around my hands, and then try to utilize that to be able to get down. Because if I tried to use the uh, use my belt as some form of like uh, sling or something like that to get across, more than likely it's going to cut through. But if it's wrapped up in layers, it more than likely won't. So in this type of situation, this dude may not have had a leather belt or anything like that, but he could have had an undershirt on. I feel like if we did like a commutary track for this, uh, it would be an edutainment one. Like, because Kenneth is dropping fucking knowledge. Y'all are going to learn how to survive in the wilderness thanks to fucking Bear Grizzly over here. Welcome to Surviving <laughs> Horror with Kenneth. <laughs> for I real, mean, I feel like we could do, we take horror movies that would involve, like, what would we do in those situations? And you have people like me and Jay who have no idea what we would do because we would just die. And then you have Kenneth going, well, you can make a bow and arrow out of that fucking uh, <laughs> twig, that dirt, MacGyver some tree sap off of that tree, and then you'll be able to, it's like, you could find, like, I just feel like Kenneth could, like, explain how to survive in horror movies. I mean, it's just one of those things, man. I mean, it's just like, to me... But, but see, you're throwing that out there. And to me, these are things that are like just come common sense to me. I mean, because, all right, I, I will 100% agree with the fact that at first, when I was first in this type of situation, okay, the panic would set in. That's going to happen. You are going to panic. You are going to freak out. But eventually, whether it takes an hour, two hours or something like that, you will calm down. And once you calm down, that puts you in the time frame to where you can start thinking clearly, okay, how am I going to survive this? I have to be able to survive this. Okay. And so you have to look at all these different things. Like I said, that guy could have had an undershirt on. Hell, he could have had a wife beater on. Granted, wife beaters are very thin. But the same thing, wife beaters are easily rippable also. You can rip them in half, wrap them around your hand, and see how far you can get just based on that. It may not last too long, but it at least give you a little bit further of a foothold. Just like that guy looked like he was in somewhat decent shape. Not, not, and not extreme. You know, we're not talking about somebody that's fucking goddamn, you know, on Instagram for fitness or something, but he still looks like he's in pretty decent shape. The smart thing would have been to try to swing one of your bottom legs up over top of that cable. Those boots that he has on are some kind of plastic material. He probably could have fucking utilized that. And that'll even out your weight a little better so that way you don't have your 160, 170-pound body resting solely on your on your arms and your upper body strength. Yeah. It, well, I will say this. It, at one point, he did try to get his feet up there, and he couldn't. And earlier in the movie, or not even that much earlier, but he talked about how heavy the boots were. 
Yeah, I mean, at some point in time, there's got to be something that you can try to do because the only way that you're going to get out of that situation if you don't want to stay there for five days and freeze to death is to get get to one of them poles and get down. That's yeah, the exactly. only way that you're going to get out. So you got to figure out how you can do that. Yeah. Um. So he starts making his, his climb across and her uh, uh, chair actually starts breaking. Which, that, you know, that's movie, co- you know, coincidentally, plot moving forward. So that's fine. I, 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 that doesn't bother me. Kenneth, does that bother you that her chair starts to break, putting everything I, on a timer? I mean, not really. I mean, you know, because, again, this is one of those, the same thing you said. This is one of those types of situations where we have to give it to it for the movie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Would it have probably happened already? Yeah. Maybe. Um, I have had shit like that happen to me where it's just like, it's one of those freak kind of things where you're like, Oh fuck, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But you know, for the, for the sake of the movie, yeah, I'll give it this one. You know what I'm saying? I'll give it to him. Yeah. What about you, JD? Are like, were you okay with that? Or were you, did you like roll your eyes? It makes sense. It's the the end of the weekend. Um, these chairs aren't used to having people sit in them for, for 24 hours like that without maintenance. Um, and it looked like it was just a loose bolt versus something actually physically breaking. So it yeah, makes sense to me. Oh, fun story. When I was watching the special features for this, uh, they, there was a guy who a year before, like they started filming up there, went up there on that same, uh, 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 what is this thing called by the way? Ski lift? Ski lift. Yeah, ski ski lift. Lift. that same ski lift that same ski lift actually in real life is not was not being used uh it was old and they didn't really use it anymore but a year before they started filming a guy actually went up there and uh shot himself in the head on the ski lift Jesus. like you can see the bullet hole in the in the in the chair they didn't show that bullet hole um and they did later on get that like verified where they were like, we met someone who knew the person who did that. Damn. Um, but it was not the chair that they were using, but it was a chair that you possibly could see in the movie, but they weren't going to like try and pinpoint it for you. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, the special features for this are actually really good, Kenneth. You would fucking like the special features. I actually, they, they actually say that. They spend a lot of times with the wolves, actually. Yeah, I would like. I was. I was actually about to say, you know, next time you come down or something like that, you know, when we're not in threat, uh, I would like to watch the special features because it sounds pretty interesting. Like the special features to me would be better than the movie. <laughs> yeah, I actually think you would like that better. Um, so uh, he makes it down uh, the pole, and he has Parker throw him his. Uh, uh, what is that? skiing stick called what is that called a ski pole ski pole i like ski stick um <laughs> whatever you want to work stick. with it. ski stick uh yeah pole. oh ski 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 stick um that's for all you early 2000s people keeping it crunk um okay so uh joe slides it down he gets to the snowboard and gets on it but the wolves chase after him though he does end up like a wolf does attack him and he does like jab that motherfucker with the ski stick yeah i don't see that particular wolf coming back yeah that wolf's done uh so he gets on the snowboard and uh that's it 
Another night passes, and, uh, you know, no one's showing up to help Parker, so it's not looking good. Um, and at this point, she's trying to, like, crawl down and trying to, like, jump down because the bolt is starting to go. Um, and it ends up falling and getting closer to the ground with the bolt, with the, with the chair being held on by a wire. And then that eventually snaps, uh... And it falls down. She's already hit the ground, and it falls down and kind of hits her ankle and hurts her ankle. And got another problem right there. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, that. You know, it's just like, okay, you are falling. In which case, the the fact that this thing fell down as far as it did and let her get that close to the ground is the only thing that saved her. Okay? We know that. That's what saved her completely 100% yeah. plausible. The moment that she should have hit the ground, that she's hit the ground, the moment Move out the fucking way because you know that thing is coming right behind you. That would have been my first thought. The moment I hit the ground, start fucking rolling out of the way because that thing is coming right fucking behind you. Um, well, she's exhausted, man. And she is exhausted. She's probably not in the right headspace. That's the reason why I'm not. That's the reason why I'm not saying get up and run, but roll, roll out of the way. And then you can sit there and you can lay on the ground and fucking damn take as much time as you need. I, <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth's watching the movie. This happens. He pauses it, pulls up a ludicrous song. Move, bitch. Get out the way. Exactly, dude. <coughs> I mean, it's just like, come on. You've made it this far. You were finally on the ground. And the and you're going to let the ski lift that fucking goddamn you know is coming right behind you take you out? Fuck that shit. Yeah, that's fair. So... Uh, Parker starts, uh, crawling down the, the mountain, because I'm assuming she doesn't want to try to walk on her ankle. Um, she comes across, like, a, a big blood streak in the snow, and is approached by a wolf. And the wolf kind of just looks at her, I guess, sizing her up or something, and then ignores her to go back to start eating, uh, the corpse of Joe. Yeah. Which, if you have the Blu-ray... You can actually see the death scene for Joe. No, I don't. It's, it. I watch it's, it for free on YouTube. Yeah, Legally it's, supported by ads. Yeah, it is not in the movie because Adam Green didn't want it in the movie. He felt like it was too brutal for what the movie... Like, the movie didn't need this big gore piece. Um, but he did film it in case, uh, you know, the producers at A Bigger Boat wanted that in, like, an unrated version of the movie. I'm going to look it up. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Parker eventually makes it down to uh, the road, and uh, she eventually gets picked up and is taken to uh, a hospital. And we end with Parker hearing Dan, you know, you'll be okay, baby. You're going to be okay. Um, and, My fun fact. Thought. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, if you watch Hatchet 2... You can actually see Parker on the TV talking about suing the ski resort. That's cool. Oh, really? Yep. That's it is when funny. Daniel Harris first goes into uh, Tony Todd's voodoo shop. That's funny. <laughs> I'm going to watch the hatchet too now for that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, my first thought <laughs> when she's in the car and there's like the, you know, you're going to be okay, baby, is I was just like, yep, the dog is not going to starve to death. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first thought. Fuck I like, yes. I was like, the dog's going to be fine. <laughs> Good doggo. Might have been starving for a couple of days, 
but you know and you know what the yeah. fucked up thing would have been it would have been a cool ending in my opinion it would have been just funny if she got home and opened the door and then her dog attacked her because oh. it eaten in days that'd be fucked up uh, <laughs> one um and for some reason uh this movie constantly had people saying that it was filmed on a stage oh. it was not filmed no, in real really... life uh because People said there's so many times where you cannot see the actor's breath in the cold air. So Adam Green actually did the research and he was like, I don't even have to do the research. I can just show you from fucking filming out here. But eventually you get so cold, you don't see your breath. You don't even breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Don't breathe. Because I remember when I watched it, the first time that I watched it, I did watch whatever special features was on the Blu-ray that came out of Blockbuster. And I remember that specifically, is that they were on location filming the movie in the fucking cold. Yeah, and those were real wolves. Yeah, but there's a bunch of people out there who are like, uh, JFK killed Marilyn Monroe, um, 5G Towers caused coronavirus, Bush did 9-11, Adam Green filmed Frozen on a soundstage. Yeah, well, for all of our listeners, as much as I hate this fucking movie, and I still hate it, uh, yeah, he filmed that shit on location. It was really fucking cold out there, that I know. Yeah, so, okay. I'll give him credit for that. I feel like you have to. Like, you gotta give, if there's any, like, Adam Green knows how to make a movie. Like, obviously, uh, Kenneth, you have problems with choices made in the movie, while I don't because I felt like I could justify most of them or I can understand them enough or I can call it movie plot and move on. Uh, and for me, I just enjoyed the ride and how dark and depressing it was, uh, especially compared to a lot of the other shit he has done. Um, so I actually stand giving this movie thumbs up. It, it, it's a great movie. I really enjoy it. Um, I But I will say this, not a movie I'm going to rewatch a lot. Maybe once every couple of years, a little too sad for me. You know, so. what, it really com- what it really comes down to, man, I don't think that Adam Green is a shitty filmmaker, okay? I think he's actually a fairly good, a, a pretty good filmmaker. The writing in it is what I think sucks. I you know love his writing. I mean, it's just like, you know, like, or, or these types of things. I mean, he knows how to put a movie together. He knows how to run a camera. He knows how to build suspense with an atmosphere, you know, yeah, like but, at the beginning of this movie, when I was watching it for this time, the first time I watched it in 10 years, the fucking first time that I was, that I was going into it, the suspense building up until the point of where the cho- poor choices started being made was good. And like I said, I totally believe that these people could have got caught up on this damn ski lift and stuck for the whole week. I totally fucking believe that it's possible for it to happen. So do I think this could happen? Sure. But I just think everything after that, with the exception of the wolves, is such... It's just so terrible of damn thought process by these people that it's so hard for me to believe that even some of the most fucking minute things were not thought of. You know, like huddling together. I mean, damn, you should... I mean, we know that from watching movies like Without a Paddle. Yeah, and I will say that, like... While I can forgive a lot of what you deem as bad choices in this movie because I feel like I would make those bad choices, there are certain things that I would say, like, not huddling up where it's just kind of, like, blatant what the fuck. Um, so, yeah. 
overall, I, I still really enjoy the movie. I still like it. Um, I get, I and even before like we came on the show, I knew why you didn't like it because you have a better survivalist mentality than the characters in the movie. So that effect it's the same way with my dad where he says, I can't watch movies about the Navy because I see them doing everything wrong uh, with how the Navy does things. Some things you cannot get past because they are ingrained in who you are. You cannot see past them. So say, Ever with my since dad they started fixing phones. I notice when phones aren't acting the way that they should in real life in movies. Now it doesn't bother me to the point where I'll stop watching movie. I'm like, wait a second. They're not using that phone for real. My biggest thing is I can't stand when people fake drink out of an empty cup. <laughs> I will me too. point uh, that out so fucking hard and deduct points. Oh, man. I hate Kenneth, it. Kenneth will know this one. Uh, the only pet peeve I have that, that always makes me eye roll is in action movies when they pull the slide on their pistols right before a fight scene, which you only do after you reload. Or you're trying to clear the chamber. You don't have to do it to fire the gun for the first time. And it's just wasting a shell. It's fucking dumb. Yeah, as long as you've got one, like the moment your magazine goes in there, you rack it that time. Yeah, That's exactly. So and then when you put these, the next magazine highly in. trained professionals or cops are waiting into the last possible second to pull their slide. Or they're fucking uh, wasting a shell. Same thing when you uh, when you pump a shotgun. Yep. Because once you put the magazine after after you've ran the first one, all you got to do is hit the slide release, and that's ready to go. But so, oh, I couldn't even say it. I died. Uh, but sometimes <laughs> you just want to look real cool, Jay. Yeah, I know, and I know that's why it's done. So that's why it just gets an eye roll. But it's it's the one thing that always makes it go. Ah, uh, come on, guys. Yeah, but when it really comes down to it, there's a lot of things that as an as a '80s, '90s, and hell now action movie fucking fan there are things that we have to let go i mean you know the fact that uh, the hero fucking can has seems to have great aim and nobody else does i mean that's yeah. a huge thing not one motherfucking stormtrooper can hit somebody but by god han solo can shoot them all yep yeah we gotta start <laughs> it is 2020 stop misusing your slide or whatever jay said <laughs> like we have to stop that and, and it's 2020 it's okay for y'all all to admit Top Gun is a bad movie. Okay? Oh, oh, oh. Let's... I'm done. All right. Bye, guys. I'll see you next time. <laughs> oh, thank God he's gone. Now we can get serious. But, you know, <laughs> going back to what you're saying, man, even in The Rise of Skywalker, I was like, come on, man. We are on the ninth fucking film, and the Stormtroopers <laughs> still can't shoot for shit. For real. Come Don't on. y'all have military training? Half you of you were trained watched... as orphans. Did you guys watch The Mandalorian? I no, I only watched a couple episodes. So on the on the last episode of the season, there's a, a not spoilers. There's an opening scene with two stormtroopers, and it's just their dialogue, and they talk about not being able to hit stuff, and it's fucking hilarious. Nice. I'm oh, glad that its fucking attention has been brought to it. But that's the same guy that wrote the third Thor movie, wrote that episode, and it's it shows. Yeah, Ragnarok was great. A little too much like a video game for me, but it wasn't bad. I love um, Rock. So, yeah, does anyone have any, like, uh, last things they want to say about uh, Frozen? Not really. I mean, so like I said at the beginning, I, it, it was okay. I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I didn't hate it. Um, I probably don't have any need to own it or rewatch it anytime soon. And I think it would have worked a lot better as a short. Like, a lot of the, the stuff 
with the exception of a couple of scenes, was just unnecessary. There wasn't really any big character development in the first, like, 15, 20 minutes of the movie while they're just skiing and talking. Like, the movie could have opened with them getting on the ski lift and getting stuck for all I cared. Disagree. Uh, That's fair. <laughs> uh, like, okay. it is character development because you, they are setting up the characters and explaining who the characters are to you, so by the time they get in that stressful situation... You know your characters. Yeah, I know their names, but I mean, there's nothing. About no, you them know that they're connected them to me at that point. Yeah, there should have been. They have. You know their relationships. You get the tidbit about Joe uh, <laughs> being a ladies' man, but not getting in relationships. That gets developed even further later on. You get I agree the whole. With Jerry. Okay. Yeah, I agree with Jerry because I okay. feel like. I feel like the point of the whole beginning of this, aside from, you know, you learning each individual person's uh, personality, is I've, I feel like that this is the time for you to develop some form of attachment to these three kids so that way you feel worse about their situation later. Yeah, and but like, I didn't. I didn't connect with them at all. Yeah, but see, it doesn't matter whether you did or, 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 or I did or anybody else. The point is, is that's what that is there for. That fluff is there for whatever people in the audience do feel that type of connection with them. I mean, it's just like you just spend a whole day learning about these people, seeing the boyfriend and the girl's relationship, which she's trying to learn how to fucking snowboard and then, 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 then. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you, where I really didn't give a shit. But that's the point of that of those moments is so that way you can learn about these people and you can start to have some form of emotional attachment to these people. And then once they get stuck in this situation, you feel worse for them. And it's just like you know, the whole time I'm just like, okay, yeah, I see this, I see where it's going. And- All these people are still fucking dumbasses. Yeah, and I did, and I did have that connection, but I think it's also because I really like Adam Green's uh, dialogue. I like how he writes dialogue. Um, so I, I was connected. I felt for these characters. I felt like there were some real, real moments when they were in those shitty situations um, of what they were saying to each other. I re like the the blame game and the. Um, the dog conversation, those two conversations were fucking heavy hitters. Um, when they first got stuck up there and Joe starts talking about the worst ways to die, like obviously he's using humor to help him get over fear that he's scared. Something that, you know, a lot of us do. Right. Um, so I felt, I really liked characters. I like how, how um, <clears throat> Adam writes characters. I like how Adam writes dialogue. Uh, so yeah, there are a few things in this movie, obviously didn't really care, didn't really like how they went down, but overall I can let almost all of it go and just enjoy this movie. But like I said, I understand why a certain type of person would not be able to. So I can, I'm, I'm right in the middle of both of you. I can let it go like Jerry, but the, the stuff surrounding all the other stuff was just boring to me. 
And see, with me, the dialogue, I can give you, I, I can 100% get behind you on that because the dialogue to me was written perfectly to convey what it wanted to convey. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the making the situation, making it seem more like you in that type of situation where it's just like, oh my God, you know what I'm saying? This chick is thinking about shit that she's not going to be able to get back to and blah, 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 like the dog and whatever else. And, and the blaming thing, which is actually very common amongst people that are stuck in situations like this. The two most common things that happen to people, if you're in a group and you're stuck in a survival situation where you have to survive, the blaming thing comes up and it ends up causing people to fight each other and it puts you in a more fucked up situation. And then the second thing is, is if you're in a survival situation and you're by yourself, you end up fucking goddamn hating yourself and asking yourself why. And the moment that you're, you're, you're fucking, uh, the, da, 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 what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, uh, the strength in yourself starts to go down. Your belief and confidence in yourself starts to go down because you start blaming yourself for the situation. That's a lot of time when people die. I think the way they called it in um, in the movie The Edge about people die of shame because they're stuck in that type of situation and they just give up. And that mm -hmm. happens. That's real. That happens. People just give up because they, they're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I got stuck in this situation. I'm not going to be able to get get out of this situation. I'm not going to be able to survive. I can't do this. I can't do this. You know? Yeah, that that, that would probably be how I would die. Yeah, and see, I can't, I can't is, deal with this, and I'm just going to end it. Yeah, and see, like I said, if we were together, I would not let you go out like that. Because it's like – because I know that, you know? And it's – and in and, and any type of fucked up situation – emotionally whether it's a survival situation or, or an at-home situation or something like that it is difficult when you're that emotionally distraught to not look inward and try to figure out why it's your fault that you're in the situation that you're in and are you going to be able to get out of that type of situation it, it, it's a very very polarizing thing inside yourself spiritually but the one thing that you got to remember is how important is your life not not and when i say life i mean literally i don't mean like you know your shit you have at home and your fucking your video games and your tv and all the rest of that shit how important is living to you in that yeah. type of situation what are you willing to do to survive i mean think about people like in the donner party man or the guys that fucking got caught in the plane crash you know the the soccer guys that got caught in the plane crash you know what i'm saying what are you willing to do to try to survive I'd be Not more willing to die to save somebody else. Yeah, and see there. I would be more willing to die to not have to deal with the struggle. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but, but it's it's a real thing, and I get where Jerry's coming from. I mean, it's a real thing, and I'm not one of those people. I'm not going to – I enjoy living to the point of where I don't want to go out, and I especially don't want to go out that way. So I'm not going to give up that easily. I'm not. You know, and 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 – that's the reason why, like, I know some of the things that I know and take the time because it's like, you know, I like y'all know I like doing outdoorsy type shit. And so if I get stuck in a situation ever where I need to know how to survive, I need to know certain things to be able to get by. You know, like if you're in a survival situation and you're not caught in a fucking ski lift, the first thing you need to do is try to find some form of shelter. Because if it's during the daytime, the moment the night comes, if it's cold outside, you're going to freeze. And if it's not cold outside, there's going to be animals out there that want to eat you. Oh, is that what came at night in that movie? It was cold weather? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. But no, I mean, you have a point. Like, you're definitely the survivalist out of us three. 100%. Um, 
<clears throat> we we would not we would not make it uh, anywhere close to how long you would make it. But damn, that was a good talk on Frozen. I'm pretty. I, I like that. Yeah, that, that was, was good. <laughs> it was civilized. We were civilized. Um, so I guess we're we're about to get out of here because I can't think of anything else. Um, I need to bring up unless someone's heard something interesting they want to talk about real quick. I can't uh, think of anything. I liked We Summon in the Darkness. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I haven't seen that. It's not bad. It's just it, it it it's so lackluster. Like it definitely could have been so much better, and they walked the line instead of like fully committing. I hear. But I enjoyed it. I can't think of what else that I've Oh, I watched Gretel and Hansel. That was pretty good. I may have talked about that the last time we recorded. Oh, man. I, so. I might sneeze on the mic in a second, so I apologize if that happens. Uh, there is a brand new rated R Mortal Kombat animated movie. Uh, and anybody who's a fan of Mortal Kombat, I would suggest watching because it's fucking amazing. Okay, I'll need to check that out. I, um... I watched the uh, cursed films on Shutter. That was I've enjoyed that. That was pretty good. I actually did learn some stuff, so that that was pretty dope. Uh, the the last two episodes of the series uh, on the Crow and the Twilight Zone movie are definitely the best. Dude, dude, that I cannot believe they showed that fucking footage for the Twilight Zone one, dude. <laughs> They're like, we filmed it. We're fucking using it. <clears throat> did you watch yeah. it, Jay? No, I just I I I. Vaguely remember the story, so I think I know what you're talking about. Oh my god, man! I mean, it's like I fucking I rewound it and I went back and I was like, "Holy fuck, that's fucked up." Yeah, they show the 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 helicopter crashing, and like the blades go right where the actor and the and the two children yeah. that were illegally hired are. Yeah, you see actor and children. And then you see uh, fucking helicopter blade and then nothing. <clears throat> I mean, and it's nonstop, man. And I was like, I can't believe they showed it. I was like, holy fuck. I was, I was shocked too. And I've heard if you like slow down the video, you can actually see like some kind of body part or head. Uh, I've heard people say it's the actor's head come out. And I was like, I have no interest in slowing that down. Yeah, I'm good. Um, I, I, I'll pass on that. But it was it, fucked up. I was like, oh yeah. my God. It makes me it makes me look at John Landis a little like, mm, man, you fucked up. That's I'm, your fault. I'm with you, dude, because I got to looking at that kind of shit, and I was just like, damn, you know, because you yeah. know I'm a fan of American Werewolf in London, and then he did the uh, the thriller video, and then so, you know some other ones that I'm aware of, and I was like, uh, you know what I mean? I, I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't know if I'd actually want to, you know, if I ever had the opportunity to be in one of his movies. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of oh, that's risky. Uh, yeah, dude, that was fucking that was fucked up when I watched that one. I mean, I enjoyed yeah. the one on the crow, you know, because I'm a huge fan um, of that movie. But the rest of the the other ones, I I pretty much knew everything from those. Yeah, the crow was great because I I learned about uh, the dude from Hills Have Eyes having a part in the movie. I did not know that he was in the movie originally, and it all got cut because they couldn't film those scenes as the uh, the 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 skeleton cowboy or whatever he was. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was pretty cool. I really liked the explanation of how Brandon Lee actually died. Like the right. breakdown of, of why it happened, how it happened, what was the mistake? 
showing them actually like shooting exactly what happened into a Borna saying that that was crazy. Um, I I never knew about the Bruce Lee sweat glands thing. Yeah, I didn't. I always thought that was bullshit. You know, I had heard about the fact that he had sweat glands removed, but I never knew that that was actually legit. Yeah, I was like, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah, bad decisions. Um, so Curse Films is really good. I'm I've got like twenty minutes left of the uh, noir horror, uh, black horror movie history on Shutter. I started it, but I started it really late one night, and I fell, um, I fell asleep like 20 minutes into it. Yeah, it's really good. I got like 20 minutes left on that. Um, I love horror documentaries. I've been, uh, if you want to see a really good horror documentary, uh, Machete Maidens Unleashed is about the uh, uh, when they started making horror movies in the Philippines. Um, that's really good. Where, uh, what, what platform is this on? Uh, I don't know what it's on anymore. I'll, I'll look it up. Um, it gets put on YouTube, but it gets taken down a lot because it has nudity in it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll check Just I, Watch I'll, real quick. I'll see if I can find it. Machete but, uh, Maidens Unleashed. But I'm it's, glad that they're like... Yeah, no, it's it, you can only rent it. But I'm glad that they're like putting out, you know, more documentaries based around horror type stuff. It's it's nice because you're starting to get more of an in-depth view on certain things. And so, like, my favorite part of the 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 one about the crow was actually being able to see, like, the Polaroid fucking makeup tests and stuff like that of different things that they did with Brandon. Yeah, for real. Really that that was that. pretty dope. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it, getting through these. Uh, if you know of any good horror documentaries that uh, Shudder has created that maybe I'm missing, let me know because... Um, I'm a huge documentary fan, and I'm especially a huge uh, documentary guy when it comes to, like, horror movies and stuff like that. That's just so interesting to me. So, I've, I've watched I've watched those. Um, I'm probably just going to... I'm in season three of Mr. Robot, so I'm probably... I might watch more of that, but I've also got to start watching my 2003, 2009 uh, movies to start getting I've, I've got to pick five for each year and then they'll all get dwindled, dwindled down to me picking two but so i'll be doing that just like i did last year so that's a lot of fun other than that um i think we're fucking golden guys uh check us out on facebook and twitter and instagram and all other kind of places we got t-shirts we've got kenneth um i don't know uh, so, we got Kenneth. Uh, we got assholes that don't think that we're doing our stuff right on our on our podcast page. Oh yeah, oh yeah, real quick, real, real quick, oh, homie. Fuck. Um. Oh goddamn that guy. I posted a thing because I was like, hey, I, I I have this idea of something I want to do that's just extra content. It'll just be kind of fun. Um, you know, so I posted it in a few places and I posted it in our Facebook group, our Facebook group. Yep. Uh, and this guy, Ron Charles, uh, his first post says, so on a horror. Okay. First of all, my idea was to get me and three other people 
to do like a top five list of something in horror, but we're going to make it visual and it'll be like, you know, top five Blu-rays you own, top five uh, favorite like horror figures you have or top five fucking uh, autographs, shit like that. Something to be kind of cool, kind of visual. I thought it would be fun. So this guy says, so on a horror podcast group, you want to talk about covers and toys. <laughs> really do. Um, first of all, dude, uh, most horror groups have people talking about covers, posters, toys. That's typical. And uh, Ron Charles, you don't need to be talking shit to me when your hairline's back further than little bronze and you're doing these weird fucking pencil coke-like thin bangs. To cover it up. It don't look good, homie. It's time. Shave it. Go bald. Alright? It's time, buddy. Uh, so I said, dude, it's my fucking podcast group. So yeah, I do. He Not replies. To we have 85 episodes talking about horror movies that he's welcome to listen to. He's not welcome to listen to them. <laughs> not Fuck him. Yeah, the way I look at it, man, I mean, it's just like, if you don't fucking like goddamn something that has to do, that we choose to do in our fucking group, whether it's got to do with fucking materials, being Blu-rays or whatever the fuck else, then don't goddamn look at the fucking post. Move the fuck on. Yeah, and so he was just like, so he replied saying, it's all yours then, jackass. I'll leave. I don't think you have that many people asswipe. What do you, what do you, I'm not sure what you refer, have that many people for what? How many people that want to do that? Because I've got enough people that have hit me up and said they're interested, or have enough people listen to the podcast. Obviously, people listen to it because we've got I've got numbers that show people listen to it. Um, so I was just like, "Good fucking riddance." We don't need negative Nancy in here when a nightmare on Elm Street already exists. Go fix your fucking hairline because those bangs ain't helping. And then my boy Mike Ravinsky. Uh, the Russian Cyclops who did uh, the Underwater Kaiju artwork for me and the Suicide Club artwork for me said, I mean, who says a lot of the subjects can't be horror-related collectibles? Pretty sure a lot of it, uh, if not most horror fans, collect cool shit. Mm -hmm. Valid point. Uh, Ron Charles also posted uh, at, at the same time, just in a separate, saying, when you get to actual horror... Let us know. That's when people will join. Bish, what? I don't understand. Uh, You're making no fucking sense. You're just being dumb. So I said, that is what the normal podcast is for. A conversation on horror. This is bonus shit for fun. What is your problem, dude? His reply, I'm gone, asswipe. You stick to Blu-rays, spelled incorrectly, and collectibles all move on horror. Um, but my Blu-rays are horror movies. Yeah. My collectibles are from horror movies. Yeah. What the fuck do you mean? Uh, so I said LOL because what horror fans don't like Blu-rays and collectibles of horror stuff? Get the fuck out of here. Lacey Lou then hit him with uh, a picture of Chucky. Because he looks like Chucky. Um, so, you know, and other people chimed in. Lacey said some shit. Bill said some shit. Dan Chase said some shit. That, you know, they all had my back and took aim on this fucking uh, dude. So, uh, this episode is dedicated to Ron Charles. Fuck you. 
go fix your goddamn hairline and go buy a blu-ray what is wrong with you do you like you act like you don't have collectibles but i'm almost positive you have like a jason goes to hell body pillow with a removable mustache that you can shave off for real fucking authentic uh jason goes to hell action but hey at least the pillow will fuck you so i guess there's something good but we're out of here, guys. Everyone else, we fucking love you. We do this for you. Thank you for joining us. Six hours of podcasting today. My back is fucking killing me. And I'm hungry. And I want cheese sticks. So mm, I want fucking cheese sticks. Put them motherfuckers in an air fryer. Ooh, damn. I want an air fryer. Ooh, damn. Air fryers are so fucking good. So Bastard, you have cheese sticks and air fryers. I'm fucking pissed. Uh, uh, uh. Killing it. Killing the game. So... Uh, we love you. Uh, keep checking out the podcast coming up this week. Will not only be this show, but a new Atomic Age saucer cast on matinee. Mm-hmm. You've got, uh, I believe there's going to be a new episode of Friday Nightmares that's dropping this week. And, um, I think maybe next week there's a bonus episode drops that I'm on with them. So that's pretty dope. So, uh, keep checking Kill the Cast feed. We got more coming from Atomic Age saucer cast. Kill the cast. Uh, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Friday Nightmares, and uh, we just picked the next episode for Cult Unknown. So, we will see you soon. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.